Thank you for continuing to give to this work that God's doing. We're able to bless so many people and partner with many people. And I just want to remind you that our offering boxes are at the front and the back of the church. And thank you so much for being faithful. Uh, it's great to be part of a church that just loves to give because they want to see other people blessed. So thank you for that. My message today is called, All of Creation Responds. Job 37, verse 14 says, listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Let me ask you, when's the last time that you stopped to smell the roses? To consider the different facets of all of God's creations? Nancy and I had a, a blessing the time yesterday with not much to do to it. So we, got, we bought some kayaks when we first moved up here and they'd just been sitting in the garage. But yesterday we went out on the river and just just able just to watch, the, see the wonders of God and the, such a beautiful river of life we have running through this community. But we need to take time to do that. Many times our ponderings about God's different creations are limited to their beauty, their simplicity, or their intricacy. But you, have you ever wondered about God's creations, about their ability to obey God? Matthew eight twenty six and 27. Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful, you of little faith? Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? You see, it's not just that God causes these miracles to happen. It's also that the wind and the sea and the stars obey their Creator. The fact of the matter is that most of God's creations obey God to a T. Most of them. He created the sun and commanded it to rise every day, and it does. He created the clouds and commanded them to give rain, and they do. He created and commanded the wind to blow, the trees to grow, and the water to flow, and they all do. And then there's us. He created us and commanded us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. However, we fail to obey His commandments as faithfully as His other creations. It's too easy to say, well, no one's perfect. Or, God doesn't expect perfection. That's why He gave us grace. We let ourselves off the hook too easily. But is that really okay with God? Or do we just tell ourselves that it is? Is it possible that God really expects a lot more from us than what we are currently giving or doing? Well, for starters, God originally designed man and woman with a unique perspective in mind. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God created us in His image. He created man and woman in perfection and without sin. Verse 28, Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Immediately after creating man and woman, God gave commandments to obey based on their purpose. Adam and Eve obeyed God at the beginning to fulfill their purposes in the earth. We still have a purpose in the earth. That's why Jesus has not come back yet because He's wanting us to continue to fulfill His purposes in the earth. Well, Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17 says, The Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Unfortunately, Man and woman did not take too long before to break from the path of obedience set forth and given into all of God's other creations. Since sin entered the picture, we often live like obeying our Creator is an option. Is it really? If our premise is that God desires all His creations to obey Him, then let's see what else we can learn from His Word about the purpose and the expectations of all that He created. Now, as we talk about this, first of all, i got to let you know, if you ever feel challenged by the messages, I want to let you know I'm always speaking to myself first. One of the Holy Spirit's job, besides enlightening and open the words to us, is to bring us conviction, not to shame us, but so that we'll change. So we come to God and say, God, I need help. And so as we, uh, today we're going to ask for a spirit-led evaluation to assess where we are currently and how we can all grow in our Christian walks, wherever we find ourselves in life. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. The heavens, the stars, the sky don't just serve functions in nature. They also stand as a testament to God's power and therefore they proclaim the glory of God. If you look back at the time when you came to know God, maybe it was a sermon or a book that you heard or a message you heard or spending time in prayer, I have a friend that none of that was his basis for coming to God. He was, would go out camping by himself and he woke up one morning and he looked and he saw the sunrise, the beauty of nature, and that sunrise was a testament to him that there is a God and a Creator. The skies display His glory. The skies proclaim the glory of God. What does your life, by its existence, proclaim? Be honest. Do the choices you make and the things you seek after proclaim the glory of God? Or is your life more about proclaiming the glory of you and your desires and your thoughts? Does your life display His craftsmanship or have you neglected your mind and thoughts and behavior with things that feed your flesh instead of your spirit? Psalm 19.2 Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. God's not speaking about uh, David as He's writing the psalm. He's not speaking about us. He's speaking about all of God's creations. That day after day, they continue to speak by their existence. And they make Him known. My guess is that most of us have no problem with the day-to-day continuing to speak 
But what are you speaking about? Is it about you and your needs, your dreams, your comforts, and your complaints? Or is it about God and about continuing to make Him known? There's no doubt that life can be very challenging and can be a source of frustration and confusion at times. We've been through many valleys in our life. Yet God has called us to make Him known in a world that desperately needs Him. Take a look around. Watch the news. Listen to the news. Look at the internet. Listen to any conversation. We live in a world of darkness and God has called us to be a light. Not a condemning you should be doing this, but a inviting you can be doing this. You can understand God. You can grow in God. You can have a peace inside of you. One of the expectations for God's creation is that we must be relentless in speaking to make Him known. Of course, you might say, well, I'm not a preacher and I'm not an evangelist. That's the pastor's job. But before you continue too much further down that thought, look at the context of this verse. God's not talking about our words, but our actions. Psalm 19.3 They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, the creations of God. The heavens and the skies don't speak with words, and yet they still proclaim the glory of God. Consider this, that they have to base their work solely on their actions. If one were to look solely at your actions, the ones in public and the ones when everyone's looking at you, and also as the ones in private, when you think no one is looking, if, if you were to look at all of those actions, would they proclaim the glory of God? Most of God's other creations were not given the gift of language or words to create. What do we create? Take a look at Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. It tells us a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Boy, if there's not a word for today, right there. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God has given us, above all other creations, He's given us the gift of language. What are we doing with that to proclaim the glory of God? See, since we are created in God's image, we also have the power to create through speaking. In any conversation, we can create peace and joy, or we can create dissension and anger. We have been given a great gift and responsibility by having words to create life or to destroy it with how we choose to speak. If one were to examine every conversation that you've had just this past week, would it be obvious to see that all your desires seek to create and to protect life? Now listen, I've failed many times. But God's Word has a way of speaking truth to us to cause us to grow and become more like Him. If we are not satisfied in this life, who do we have to blame? God created us to be satisfied from the fruit of our mouth. 
He created us to proclaim His glory, to speak His love, to share His message, regardless of what's going on around us. Because no matter what's going on around us, we have this treasure and earthen vessels living inside of us, the Holy Spirit that is always our eternal peace living inside of us. Circumstances may change, but God never does. He is still on the throne and He continues to seek and save all those who are lost. He continues to give us grace when we return to Him and seek His face. He longs to have us forever in His presence where there is a fullness of joy that the world cannot match. Our message must not be compromised by our circumstances. If God's love is not conditional, then why is our proclamation of His glory based only on our limited perspective? God expects all of His creations to continue to speak life through the message of their existence. Psalm 19.4 says, Yet their message has gone throughout the earth, Still speaking of God's creations, the earth, the sky, the sun, the moon. Their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. If God expects the inanimate objects to proclaim His message to all the world, do you think that He expects anything less from us? Absolutely not. He has made a home in the heavens for the sun and He has made a home in the heaven for you if you desire it. Everything the sun does shows that it belongs in its home. Psalm 19.5 Speaking of the sun, it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The power to obey and the power to fulfill all that God has given us to do is based on how we begin. The sun begins each day by bursting forth like a radiant bridegroom ready to receive his new wife. Each day begins with power, with promise, and a hope and joy to be realized. And God is faithful. And as difficult as the night can be, The Word declares that His mercies are new every morning. His compassions fail not. We must choose to accept His grace and His mercies each new morning. They're there for our taking. We just need to receive them. Psalm 19.6 The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. How well do you do following the course that you start each day. God asks us to begin in prayer, not out of obligation, but to set the course of our day and to continue on that course no matter what comes against it. Have you ever failed like me and you get up and you pray to God and you go out and all of a sudden there's a person that's driving really slow in front of you and you get mad? Or you stand by that person in the chocolate line they're just talking and talking and you have some place to be? And you think... Gosh, I was just praying a little while ago. And I already blew it. That's why God gives us grace. He's not looking for perfection. But He's he's looking for us to do something, to start our course and to see it through. And when we fail, and we're all going to fail, just to go back to God and say, God, I messed up. And God says, as Laura said, 
when we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He gives us a clean slate to continue again. God asks us to begin well and to continue that course, and when we fall, just to come to Him, to continue to be put back on that path again. Too often we start with good intentions only to wander at mid-morning or midday. Don't let one of your failings or one of your mistakes derail you. Just get back on path. Regardless of what you think, it's not that we don't have enough determination. It's that we fail to speak to Jesus throughout the day. Remember that time with Jesus when He came to His disciples walking on the water? He had just multiplied the fish and the loaves to feed thousands of people. And then He made the disciples get into the boat and go over to the other side while He went up on the mountain to pray. Do you remember that story? It's in Matthew chapter 14. Let me read some of that to you. Matthew 14, 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You see, Jesus knew that fear and worry work against faith. So the first thing He had to do was command fear to leave. And as one of them, Peter, took Jesus to His Word and allowed the fear to go, he began his own faith walk. Verse 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. This is the key verse of this passage. Peter understood that just his own will and just his own intentions could not muster up enough power and faith to walk on the water. Just you saying, I'm going to stay close to God today, that's not going to be enough. We need faith. We need God speaking to us to turn into faith. Peter knew that if Jesus commanded him to come to him on the water, that all he had to do was obey. Too often we think that faith is some supernatural power that's out of reach for most people. Yet faith is simply believing what the Lord says and obeying Him promptly. Verse 29, So Jesus said, Come. And Peter had come down, when he had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30, But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me! Why did Peter sink? I've heard this message preached many times. And many people will try to say that the reason that he sank is because he took his eyes off Jesus. I think otherwise. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.7 tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, just seeing Jesus didn't translate into faith. Because if you remember when they all saw Him the first time, and they were out in the boat and they came walking to Him, they cried out in fear. They said, it's a ghost. Just seeing Jesus does not translate into faith. There were many people that saw Jesus when He came to this earth that didn't turn into faith for them. Just seeing Jesus does not translate into faith. They laid their eyes on Him when He first came out. They became fearful. 
Just keeping your eyes alone on Jesus does not turn into faith. The turning point for faith was when Peter started to talk to Jesus. And when he heard Jesus speak to him, come, Peter. When he heard Jesus speak to him, he took it as a personal message from God to him. He obeyed and by faith he also walked on water. Romans 10.17 So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we talk with Jesus and continue to listen to Him as He is speaking directly to us, we build our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We've talked about this before, but there's two words hearing there. That first hearing is hearing the Word of God, and that second word hearing is when our spirit hears us speak the Word of God. And that translates into faith. You see, it wasn't that Peter just stopped looking at Jesus, but rather he stopped asking Jesus to command him to come to him. If he would have got out taken one step, he said, Jesus, command me to come to you. And Jesus said, come, Peter. Jesus, keep speaking to me. Come, Peter. Jesus, keep talking to me. Come, Peter. He would have made it all the way to Jesus. And many times we start our day and we pray and we have good intentions and we feel God's presence. We go throughout the day and we stop speaking to Jesus. Jesus, command me to come to you through the trials, through the valleys, through the difficult circumstances. Keep telling me to come to you. Come. Come. If we continue that conversation throughout the day, no matter where we are, we will have the faith to walk on water. We will have the faith to go over our troubles and we all face a lot. God, all He's saying is, keep speaking to me. Keep listening to me. I want to speak directly to you, God would say. Faith is about obeying God. So if we keep speaking to Him, all we're doing is simply obeying Him with every step. All of us face challenges every day. All of us have interruptions and events that cause us to change our focus. But we need to simply keep talking to Jesus and asking Him to command us to come to Him. This is the key to obeying. Keep checking in with Jesus and keep receiving new commands to come to Him. It is this personal, two-way communication with Jesus that allows us to walk on water, to move mountains, to obliterate any obstacle that stands in our way. There's people right now that need us to stand with them in faith to believe for things going on in their life. People that need healing, people that need a breakthrough, people that need a relationship restored, we need to stand with them. And we can because we have the power of Christ living inside of us. Matthew 14, 31 Immediately Jesus stretched out His hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Kind of seems rough. Peter actually got out of the boat. The rest of the disciples were still in the boat. How come Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith? You know why? Because he only had a little bit more to go. It didn't say Jesus had to run into a diving catch and pick Peter up out of the water. It says He reached out and picked him up. He was that close to Jesus. I will tell you that the enemy always attacks us strong at two places. One, he wants to keep us in the boat. He wants to prevent us from doing a good work. And so a lot of people will not even start because they're afraid to step out of the boat. But Peter did. And he started to walk on water. And he got almost all the way to Jesus. And then he was attacked again by the enemy. And then when you start to do a good work of God, when you're attacked again, it means the breakthrough is really close. It's right there. We just need to push on a little bit longer. We need to keep talking to God. Command me to come to you. 
There is a great move of the Spirit right now in this area. I have been praying and meeting with other pastors and other ministries, and they're all saying the same thing, that there's a great move of God. Thank you for your prayers. God is moving mightily in this area. We're glad to be part of it. But no matter what comes against us, it's not going to stop us. We're going to continue to push forward together as the body of Christ. There are many times that storms continue to rage around us with an awareness that Jesus is right there with us. The storm inside of us is calmed. He becomes our peace no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through. We are all invited to talk with Jesus during every storm in our lives. Sometimes He calms the storm around you and sometimes He calms the storm inside of you. Either way, He is faithful every time if we communicate with Him and simply obey Him. He commands us to come to Him. He commands you to come to Him without doubting, without hesitation, by simply trusting Him at His Word. All creation responds to the voice of the Lord. How will you respond? Psalm 19.7 The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The commands of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. See, God does not reveal these truths about His creations to condemn us or make us feel bad. He gives us knowledge to revive us. He doesn't look at you based on from your present to your past like we will look at us. That's the perspective the enemy tries to cast you away, trying to remind you of your past. Jesus looks at you from your present to your future. He is our Redeemer. He redeems us from the past. He forgives us and sets us on a trajectory that leads to new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God that He redeemed my life because I was crazy when I was in high school. I got a lot of trouble still trying to find life, trying to figure it out. I was a failure. But God redeemed me and used me for His glory. The same way He does with all of you when you come to Him and trust Him. That all things have passed away. God has delivered us. He has forgiven us. He has redeemed us. He has given us a new way to walk. All things indeed have become new. Though we have fallen at times and have not fully put our complete trust in Him at times, He reaches out to us right now and says, Will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life? Whether you're coming to Jesus for the first time, whether you are rededicating your life, or whether you're just simply making a few course corrections, He gives us a simple plan to follow. He gives us His perfect Word, which gives life to our spirit. And He gives us His Holy Spirit to revive our soul. He asks us even today as we assess where we are in our Christian walks, to simply start trusting Him at His Word and obeying Him one step at a time. All of creation responds to the voice of the Lord. What will your response be? Heavenly Father, we thank You that You speak to us through Your Word.
We pray that You would continue to give us faith in all that we do. But we know that does not just get deposited into us. We pray that as we spend time in Your Word, that Your Word would become alive to us, would speak to our hearts, would translate into faith. We proclaim Your glory by our actions and by our words, and right now through worship. We give You praise in Jesus' name.